Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's just pray together, Father, how great thou art, Lord. You truly are a great God, a great God for our needs, Lord, today. We're so thankful, Father, we can call upon you in our time of trouble. You are a hiding place, a place, a strong tower we can run into, and the righteous are saved. Lord God, we come to you today, Father, just knowing that you're here among us, confidence in our hearts, Lord, to realize, Lord, you're not some million miles away, but Lord, you hear as your word declares it to be so in the midst of us, Father. What a confidence that gives us, what a authority that gives us, Lord, to realize we don't, we're not in this valley alone, but God, you're with us, even in us. You said you'll never leave us or forsake us. God, we just commit this service into your hands, Lord, everything to be said and done for your glory. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was some wonderful worship, giving God glory. Amen. You know, it's easy to worship him on the mountains, but it's when you're in the valley, that's where true worship comes. Amen. And, you know, today we, we have this WhatsApp, you know, with the musicians and songs started coming in, specials, and you just tell people it was had a heart for worship. And, and uh, you know, the thought came to me about, you know, their Jehoshaphat, you know, the word spoke and said, just get you some worshipers and start worshiping me. And while you're worshiping me, I'll fight your battles. And so I went to open up my, my Bible app to actually take a little bit of that out of there and post it in there. And, and on the front there, the scripture of the day was Psalms 32, verse 7. It says, Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me from trouble, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Amen. Selah. <laughs> Selah means to pause and calmly think about that. Amen. I'd like to think about that for a moment because he has the answer for every situation that we're in. We'll let you be seated for a moment. Amen. It's not something I normally do, but usually like to try to get right into the word because... I'm not much of a talker as far as in front of people, but amen, but I love to, I love to have the anointing to preach, amen, because under the anointing, all the weird, the weird feelings and funny feelings leave. But you know, I just want to take a moment and, and just tell you about the last couple of weeks because we've been away from home and, and we took a little trip there uh, to, to do some ministering and, and also as a moment to uh, celebrate me and Sister Ruth's 25th anniversary. It's hard to believe that we've come to that milestone, but here we are, and uh, we're very thankful that God has brought us to this place, and, and we're looking for many more years to come, however long time will tarry. But you know, we had a wonderful trip. It was a supernatural trip. We had a weekend of meetings at Brother Ron's, and then a weekend, y'all can be seated. We're, we had a weekend of meetings ministering there afterwards for Brother Josh Bennett with Brother Wayne Lawson. And uh, in between, we was able to take a couple of days and, and celebrate our anniversary. But I, I didn't go just to go. I went commissioned. And I uh, fought through obstacles, demonic attacks, mind battles, spirits of oppression, attacks against my own family, even against my own mother. You know, the day that we would actually get on the plane to leave, she was being checked into the hospital and they was telling us that she would have a, she it was found that she had some type of growth or mass in her heart. 
And so I didn't know if she would be going into surgery. I didn't know what was about to happen. But, you know, I just had really felt impressed to continue on in, in, in the direction that I felt God had directed me to be in. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I came to the, I continued as we pressed on through all of that. And I tell you, it's not an easy place to be. Because the, the devil, yeah, the devil likes to come and he likes to torment you in your mind. You know, you get on a plane and you don't have text and you don't have messaging for some time. And so he likes to come and torment you. But we found that she would go there and they would find that there was no mass. There was nothing there. And so we thank the Lord for that. And so we, but you know, as we would meet up with the Spencer family on Friday and, you know, the Spencer and Pruitt family has been very close through the years, we've been brought together through the fire of adversity. And, you know, I went there to try to encourage because I knew it was right out of the year that he had, he had felt directed to come here, amen, to, to be prayed for. And, and so, you know, I thought it was it's quite interesting that here we are at a year and my mother is back in the hospital again with the same condition or another attack of the enemy. And, you know, but I, I, I want to say that I appreciate you as a congregation that have been standing in faith with us and, and, and sending all the text and, and the encouragement. And, you know, and also creating an atmosphere that healings can take place and deliverances can take place in the house of God. You know, but I, I'd like to share just a few things from, from Brother Tim as he would write down when he would go to Brother Ron's at the beginning of his diagnosis and uh, he would be there to meet him on kind of a surprise trip because Brother Ron had, had just found out, you know, what was going on in his body and, you know, all the things that were taking place. And, and it, you know, Brother Tim would write that it was a very emotional time as they would meet there in the airport. Brother Ron would sob and weep on his shoulder. He said it was like we were alone, a hundred people walking by. We were oblivious to anyone around. He had prayed that morning saying, God, I need a boost. We went from there to his home to where Brother Donnie and Sister Carol Reagan was waiting inside. Brother Ron was not, to, was not going to wait for another day to pray. He wanted prayer right then. He was unlike Pharaoh who wanted one more night with the frogs. So Brother Donnie and I began talking of divine healing and deliverances and how God has delivered others who were dying. Brother Gary Stanky, Brother Ron himself, when he was dying from the burns. And that it was the will of God to be healed. And the ladies were in the adjoining room and they came in as we were about to pray and the Holy Spirit fell down among us and anointed us. We prayed and cursed that demon of cancer and for his immune system to be activated to seek and destroy that cancer. Brother Donnie began to intercede in the spirit as tongues from the heavenly language began to flow from his mouth. We were charged by the Holy Ghost and demanded that evil spirit of cancer to leave his body. It was a powerful and anointing moment. Brother Tim would go and he'd preach that on Saturday night on who hath believed our report. And Sunday night on our redemptive rights. And, you know, at that time we was also, me and Brother Tim, Brother George Winters, Brother Ron was actually had tickets to go to Japan and to minister in Japan and then from Japan over to the Philippines to minister there. And, and um, COVID started hitting, you know, the, all the things that had taken place, Brother Ron's diagnosis. 
And so uh, we had to, you know, put that aside for the moment. But while he's ministering, there's a lady that had been in a, in a school and she'd been witnessing to this Japanese professor. And she, he'd, he'd had a lot of questions, you know, how can God do the things that, he's, that the Bible says he's done when it's, it's uh, you know, scientifically impossible for it to happen? You know, it has to be, you know, he's taking her, telling her it had to be scientifically proved. And so she began to talk about different things and, and talked about knowing the art, regardless of scientific proof, it rained. And, and, you know, examples of Joshua and the sun standing still. And so she just told him to check out a YouTube link. And, and, and you know, if he was interested, Brother Tim would be ministering at this church. And so he decided to check it out. And he began to hear the same things be repeated back to him as Brother Tim would comment about Joshua and the sun standing still. And he, he shared that he was so overwhelmed by a presence that fell in his room, he immediately gave his heart to the Lord. And he, th and he was thankful that the Lord understood him as he had never prayed. And he asked me, he asked the sister, what should I do next? And he said, she said, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and God has done some wonderful things right there. And, you know, even as we were supposed to be ministering or felt like we was to go to Japan, amen, even though that didn't work out in that way, it was a different way than we expected. God still was saving some Japanese people. Amen. It's amazing. And then, you know, as we would have to cancel the flights and all the things that Delta said, well, you just have to wait a year. You got a year to use it. And I would call and they said, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. And there's really no way we can just refund your money and all this. And one morning I woke up and I felt impressed to call them. And I called them, got this lady on the phone and I began to talk to her and tell her what had taken place. And I told her that our, one of our friends, Brother Ron, that was traveling with us had, had, had been diagnosed with cancer. And she said, oh, my God. She said, I'm a cancer survivor. I'll get you your money back. <laughs> and in just a few moments, all of that $12,000 worth of tickets were being refunded just like that. Amen. God intervening on our behalf. But Brother Tim would write this. He said, since hearing the news on Brother Ron, I've been praying earnestly for a visitation from the Lord via a dream or a vision or his voice or any way he wanted. I felt like I was like Joshua looking at walls of Jericho trying to find a way to get through the big walls in order to conquer the enemy. But on Sunday night, I had a very vivid dream. I saw young but mature buzzards that had left the nest but had not learned to fly. They were about 12, and I was feeding them to pigs. Monday, I had a day of fellowship and preached all day to Brother Ron about the promises of healing. On Tuesday morning, we were going to, with him to the hospital to find the news of treatment and plans. Then we were to fly out at, for home at 2.40 in the afternoon. In the middle of the night, I had an experience of waking up that I thought that I heard and was singing the song, We Shall See Miracles. When I got up for the coffee, I was greeted by Sister Connie, and I poured the water. As I poured the water into the coffee pot, she asked how our night was, and I said, fine, fine it was fine, and if, any, if it's any consolation to you, I woke up during the night singing the songs, We Shall See Miracles. She began crying and said, Brother Tim, Brother Ron couldn't sleep. And I woke up at 2.30 and was singing the song, We Shall See Miracles. And I have to say, we have saw miracles. Just here this last Easter, we saw a man that was supposed to have been dead a long time ago, minister under the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you hadn't been watching his services, amen, you wouldn't think that a man would have lung cancer and brain cancer. He ain't up whining and carrying on about how bad his day is. He's up firing cannons. 
Amen. And it's very encouraging. If you need, brother, brother, brother Ben Davis, I saw him this past weekend, and he said, you know, if there's ever a day I'm down in the dumps, I go turn on one of his sermons. And by the time of that end of that sermon, I'm walking out of there with my head up high, thinking I got nothing to complain about. Amen. So, but on the way to the doctor, they would they, to discuss his cancer and plans. Uh, brother, brother Tim would remember his dream, and it came to me that brother Branham told that the buzzards represented cancers and disease and affliction. A cancer in the spiritual, he's a devil. He's the type of a scavenger and a buzzard and eats dead things. But I was puzzled by what pigs meant. I scanned through over 150 quotes on pigs and couldn't find a clue in the sermon. But when the doctor was talking about treatment using immunotherapy, I did an internet search on cancer and this immunotherapy in pigs and found that they developed it using small pigs just like I saw in the dream. There were about 12 of them as I fed them to the pigs one by one. I could see them chewing them up, ripping apart the guts of the buzzards. It would be last year, as we said, Brother Ron would feel to come to Louisiana to be prayed for. I, I spoke to him on the phone that week right prior to his coming, and he'd say, now you watch, Satan's going to try to block it. In just a few days, my mom, Sister Karen, would have her third brain bleed. It would be where she would need surgery. Doctors gave us no hope, and we felt, but we felt for Brother Ron to come anyways, and God met us in a cabin. And three boys, my two sons and Brother Adam, would have an experience with God. Brother Ron would receive supernatural strength. From that moment, he never missed another day of work. Before that, he didn't have the strength hardly to get out and walk out of his bedroom. But after that moment, every day since that time, a year later, he's not missed a day of work. He goes to work with his boys and things. And, and, so, and so, but now a year later, Satan has tried to block a visitation again. My mom, you know, has begin, again been attacked by confusion and memory loss and now even a fourth brain bleed. But our God is awesome. Yes, Amen. Amen. Our God is awesome. You know, as I would talk with Brother Tim about this, the trip that I was to go on, and, you know, we felt that we had come to a spot like the Red Sea. Will we back up from the promises of God or will we speak and go forward? And so we spoke and we went forward and we walked by faith and not by sight. You know, as I would land there in Virginia, Brother Tim would call me and he'd talk to me and said, Son, we've been together in many things. We begin to, we've been together in the church, the ministry. You've helped me on the farm. You know, when we had goats, you helped me sell them when the time has come. When we had cows, you helped me find buyers and sold them for me. He said, Now I'm commissioning you to go sell some pigs. The last buzzards have been fed. It's time to sell the pigs. We don't need them anymore. And I'm here to testify we went and sold pigs. Amen. I believe God's a healer. I believe God has come on the scene for our brother, and I believe that he's going to go into full health. That's what I believe. You can, anybody can question what they want to question, but I saw God manifest among us, and I believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. And so that's where I've been. And so we would go from there and we'd go to uh, uh, Brother Josh Bennett's and we'd have some wonderful services there to where the presence of God would just come down in our midst. And I believe he's the same God tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we read our scripture.
Hebrews 13 and verse 8 and also 1 Kings 18. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Also 1 Kings 18 and verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Is that your testimony tonight? God is God. Amen. We let you be seated. You know, before I left the Wednesday night before, spoke on the God that answers. Tonight, I would like to speak to you tonight. We have the answer. We have the answer. You know, as we would look at that, that thought on the God that answers, we would find here that Elijah would bring these people before as a showdown to Mount Carmel, and he would bring them because there was some that was serving, many that was serving Baal, and, and a God that was not alive, of course, and a dead God, but they would, they would, you know, know the story of how he would set up the altar, they would, he'd tell them to do this, set up the altar, put the sacrifice there, and said, let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Amen. The God that answers, and, and, but you know what, his challenge would have been no good if God wouldn't have answered. But God answered, and God came on the scene as, as we've seen this, as, as he would come and he would set it all together and put it all back in place and put all the loose ends together and bring back the, the, the altar to his position and his place and, and then ask God to move, and, and God moved on his behalf. See, God always answers. He always answers. Jesus would say, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Anyone that asks will receive. Anyone that seeks shall find. Anyone that knocks, it will be open unto him. That's the only way that I found if I was to get anything from God is to take him at his word and believe it no matter which way he sends it. God will answer. Amen. God sometimes will meet you in an unexpected way, in an unexpected time, in an unexpected place as we as we talked about how he did with Moses Moses it was an unexpected moment for Moses he was out there on the backside of a desert he was out there minding his own business tending some sheep and all of a sudden he noticed a bush that was on fire and it was not burned and he said I'm going to go see what God what is happening here and so he'd walk to this place and a voice would speak out of that bush and would call him by name and he would recognize it this is God God is ministering unto me God is speaking unto me and Brother Branham would say that. He said he met him at an unexpected age and an unexpected place and an unexpected way. God didn't meet Moses the way he usually meets men, but he met him in an unusual way. That's the way sometimes he answers our prayer in the way that he thinks is best. 
and the way and his way is always right. And if we just ask anything and it doesn't happen, don't let that make you lose or lose faith or fall back. But let's ask God and stand firm on his word and say it's true, no matter how dark it is, no matter how troublesome it looks, no matter how possible it be, God's word is true. Amen. Now the word now the answer may come in a disguised manner in a way that you know, in other words, in a way that you're not expecting or a way that in a way that's so different from what you was thinking it would come but God will answer you God will come on the scene God will answer his word God will fulfill his word you know and that's how God answers the promises he answers them by fulfilling them amen he brings the answer by fulfilling the, the question amen as he would with Jesus Jesus was the fulfillment Jesus was the answer to behold a virgin shall conceive Jesus was the answer to all the things that was laying in there the Bible that many people were looking to come in a different way in a different manner in a different time but God answered it anyhow and it went beyond all the critics and it went beyond all everyone that thought they had it figured out all the high priests that thought they had it figured out every person that thought they had it all lined out amen and when he come they didn't recognize it see brother Brandon would say as long as you recognize it to be God when he answers you and that's the most important thing that when you can recognize this is God moving this is God answering. You know, he said, you know, many times, he would say in another place, he said, if there was ever an hour that the church of the living God needs a Joshua and a Caleb, it is right now. Amen. That would look at the word of God and say, we have the answer. We have the answer for this situation that we are more than conquerors. Amen. We have the answer for our promised land. God's already gave it to us. He said, so then all the little frantics and all the running, this has got that and this has got, stand still a minute. God's got it. Amen. God's got it. The Bible is the answer to every problem that's ever come up. Oh, hallelujah. His word is the answer to every problem that com comes up. He'd say in another place, God has the answer. That's what we want to talk about, to have the answer. God has got the answer. He is the answer. Christ is the answer to every problem we've got. Amen. So Christ, and so therefore, if Christ is the answer, we have the answer. Because God has released it to us, his people, in this generation. Christ has come down in the pillar of fire as he did on Moses. Hey, Brother, Brother Wayne, I'm actually borrowing the title from him because on Saturday night, I preached on, amen, the God who answers on Sunday morning. He got up and said, we have the answer. Amen. Because if you would look in, in, in Malachi 4, he would say, you know, I send you Elijah the prophet but think Moses and he came down on a mountain amen and he met Moses on a mountain to fulfill the to bring the law to bring the promises of God to the people amen and this is exactly what happened in our generation he met a prophet and he gave him the word of God he gave him the answer for Laodicea he gave him the answer for every disease he gave him the answer for cancer and sugar diabetes and every situation that we could ever go through he gave him the answer for every spirit of hell amen this word that we we have received is the answer for hell itself. Hell comes with questions. We got the answer. Hell comes with his problems. We got the answer. Hell comes with his situations and all the things around us and his storms and his waves and his winds. We have the answer. We have Christ that's among us. 
Amen. We have the answer to every circumstance. We have the answer to every devil's question. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. As I would leave on this trip, and I was looking for an answer. I was looking for God to move in a situation, in our situation at home, in Brother Ron's situation. And I'm just, I was just asking God, I need, to, I need to see you. And Sister Ruth was praying, Lord, let him see you. Let him see you move in a supernatural way. And, and we would minister on, on, on Saturday night at Brother Ron's on the final voice that God's the final word. He's the answer. Amen. And, and so as we had ministered here before, and, and, and you know, and the next morning we'd get up and go to church and we'd minister on, on the God that answers. And we was, and it was very interesting that same weekend, Brother Michael and Sister Bethany had scheduled to be there as well. And without even knowing, we would be there. And we didn't know they was going to be there. And not that that was a problem. We just happened to be there together. But, you know, we was there, and they had asked Brother Michael to sing that morning. And he gets up that morning, and he, he starts mentioning a song, The Great Physician Now Is Near. He said, I love that song. He said, because that's the song that the, the piano continued to play when that little girl, amen, would begin to raise her hand. She, you know, she had saw something take place. She saw the answer take home. You know, there was a little boy that was crippled with polio and, and couldn't walk. And Brother Branham's holding him in his arms. He begins to pray for him. He tells it many times. And he, and he talks about how that he thought that the custodian had turned on a light and was blinding him in his eyes. And, and, he, and he, he thought that was kind of rude, you know, to do that in that moment. But he, did, he, he said, I begin to realize it wasn't that. It was the pillar of fire. Now, he said, I don't know if I dropped the boy or if he jumped out of my arms. All I know is... He was out of my arms as I was praying. He come out of my arms. His feet came straight. He went running across the platform. Well, that little girl sitting over there was a, like a, she was, a, Brother Brandon would call her a dunkard, which is an, basically an Amish or a Mennonite, another little form of them. And, and, and she, she didn't know, of course, about the power of God. She was just there maybe helping out in the service. And she was playing that song, The Great Physician Now Is Near, The Sympathizing Jesus. And when that little boy come out of that little, that Brother Branham's arms and begin to run. Her hands went up and she began to dance. She began to praise the Lord for what she had saw. She saw the answer. She saw God come and answer the question, amen. And the song and the, and the piano, amen, began. He said it didn't just play one more note. It played another, a whole not, the whole rest of the song, just continued to play. Amen. God, apparently the angel of God knows how to play the piano. Amen. And, and so she began to speak in tongues and, and the piano never missed a note playing the great physician now is here, the sympathizing Jesus. He speaks to the drooping hearts to cheer no other name but Jesus. And he said, when that happened, people began to flock down to the altar screaming, God, have mercy on me, because they, all, they also witnessed the power that, of God to answer the question in a little boy's life. Amen. And they saw God move in a supernatural way, in a supernatural realm. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also asking God to do something to move and because and and, I'm walking, you know, by faith. And I'm, but you still want to see God. You still want to see him visible among you. You still want to see him. And I, you know, I was like, Lord, whatever it is, just like Brother Tim, if it be a vision, if it be a dream, whatever, however, I want you to come. And I'm speaking on this subject on God coming at an unexpected time, at an unexpected place, in an unexpected way. 
But God always answers. And I said, God has the answer for cancer. He has the answer for a brain bleed. He has the answer for every sickness. He has the answer for every struggle. He has the answer for every question. Is it all right if I preach what I preach? Amen. He's got the answer for it all. He is the answer for it all. His word is the answer for it all. You say, well, is it God's will to be healed? There's an answer for that. By my stripes, you're healed. Amen. And so I'm telling that, and I begin to speak about how the, I mean, the, the angel of God, or the angels begin to come to God, amen, Gabriel and Wormwood, and begin to talk about the three Hebrew children who was about to step in the fire. And I'm, I'm bringing it out as Brother Branham would speak about that and how Gabriel came with a sword drawn, and he's like, Lord, have you seen what's going on down there? Amen. Your children are standing for you. They're, they're, holding, they're holding the line. They're not backing up. They're not bowing, but they're about to go in the fire have you been watching them father and he said yeah I've been watching them amen, amen. I'm thankful to have a God who's watching amen, amen. and Wormwood comes up and he, he says you know I'm the, I'm the angel of the flood I'll, I'll drown I'll drown out the fire I'll put it out just send me down there and I'm speaking all of that brother Ron you know has a little white round platform that goes out in front of his pulpit like that and I've stepped down there for some time and I'm, I'm bringing it all out like this and I'm talking about it and I said but God told those angels he said this is not a job for you this is a job for me he said you've been good angels but I'm going to go down there and I'm going to step in the fire Oh, hallelujah. And as I'm speaking about how he took his robes off and he laid them on the throne and he grabbed the east and he grabbed the west wind and he grabbed a zigzag of lightning and as they took that step into the fire, there was the fourth man. He was the answer for the fire. Hallelujah. Amen. And as I'm speaking of that, I'm going to say, could you imagine and I was going to finish it and say, the king that was sitting there and he sees this take place, he put three in there, but now there's four men in there. My iPad sitting behind me on the pulpit began to play a sermon. As you can probably you know, go back and watch it, I was caught. It was an unexpected time in an unexpected place in an unexpected way. Apparently, an angel knows how to use an iPad. <laughs> Brother Ron sitting behind me over there said he saw it light up. He saw it change over to the app, so it picked a sermon and push play. I don't listen to sermons on my iPad. I, I listen to them on my phone with my earbuds. But I, so I, I didn't even have it pulled up. It picked out a sermon in '56 the worst sinner in the city. And it goes like this, and it begins to speak, my favorite hymn. As I'm talking about him coming down in the fire, my favorite hymn, the background of it, you would only know how to come out. My friend, Brother Booth Cliburn, wrote it that on his knees by inspiration in a cornfield one night with pasteboard pieces in the bottom of his shoes for soles on his shoes, sold it to Wycliffe for $100, and he'd taken the copyright of the song. He said, but that's my favorite hymn. Now, I'm looking, I've done walked back around, and I'm looking, like, thinking, what's going on? You know, I'm trying to figure out what's happened to my iPad. And I hear the prophet's voice speaking. So I thought, well, this wasn't me, so I'm just going to let it play. And it says, because it expresses the extreme deity of the Lord Jesus, especially in a day like this, when they try to make him just a prophet, but he was more than a prophet, he was God. Yeah. 
At that moment, I thought it was, I just listened to a tape, Brother Brown, talking about only believe, but I believe that was Paul Rader that wrote that song. At that moment, I was thinking of only believe. I got back to the office, and I thought, that ain't right. And I looked up this man, and he was speaking about down from his glory. Every living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus is his name. Born in a manger to his own a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love him. Oh, how I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my Savior. Hallelujah. He became my answer. When I was walking through the darkness and didn't know what was about to happen, I found my answer. Jesus is the answer. And he's not a thousand miles or a million miles off. He has come down. What condescension bringing us redemption that in the dead of night not one faint hope in sight but God gracious tender laid aside his splendor stooping to woo and to win to save my soul. Without reluctance flesh and blood and substance he took the form of man and revealed the hidden plan. Oh glorious mystery sacrifice of Calvary and now I know and now I know thou art the great I am. Oh, how I love him. Oh, how I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. Is there somebody here that can say, yes, he's the answer for my problems. He's the answer for my situation. He's the answer. Oh, how I love him. I love him when he comes on the scene and he changes it in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. He is the answer. We have the answer. It's God among his people, walking among his people, healing the sick, raising the dead, setting the captive free. He is God. He would play all the way till in the scripture he'd finish. In the scripture lesson tonight in St. Luke 7, in the 36th verse, he said, when you go home, finish reading that chapter. Well, I did what he said. In that chapter, in Luke chapter 7, would be a man who needed a, a healing for a servant. Be a centurion who had been good to the Jews and even built them a place of worship and 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 he had, but he you know he had a he had a need, but he said, Lord, he said he said, hey, I, I'm not even worthy that you even come to my house, but you speak the word, and my servant will be healed. What happened? He recognized Jesus is the answer. That he can speak the word because he said, I'm a man of authority. When I say this one to go, they go. When I say stay, they stay. When I say come, they come. He said, when I say do this, they do it. And Jesus would look at him and marvel and say, I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. But when they went and returned to the house, they found the servant whole that had been sick. Amen. He was the answer to the sickness. And then he would go from there and he would go down into the city and at the gate there was a dead man being carried out, the only son of a mother who was a widow. And there was much people of the city with her and the Lord saw her and had compassion on her and said, weep not. That's right. 
because you got the answer right here. Weep not. And he said to the young man, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Amen. Hallelujah. He delivered him to his mother. This is all in that same chapter, Luke chapter 7. And they would begin to, you know, talk about John the Baptist. But we're going to go on down to where he was reading from. Because his sermon was in 56 called The Worst Sinner in the City. You know, I... Try to put this all together. What's the chances of it even pulling up a tape and playing on its own? I've never had that happen. Anybody ever had that happen before? I ain't never had that happen before. Brother Wayne would tell me a testimony. He actually, I believe, told it. I've heard him tell it. Maybe it was on a, online somewhere of him being in a motel room and there was a question in his heart. And all of a sudden, his tape player or his, his computer began to play. I believe it was his computer. Wasn't plugged in, didn't even have a battery. Began to play, and it answered the very question that was in his heart. So he's that kind of God. He's the answer. You might got questions tonight, but if you're looking out in the world for your answer, that ain't the place to find your answer. It's only going to bring more confusion and more misunderstanding. Amen. You know, we have the answer. Amen. Just like I was telling them this weekend at those meetings, you know, I'm not looking for somebody else's approval on this message. It's got God's approval on it. That's all that matters. So therefore, I could care less what anybody else has to say about it, any critic has to say about it, anybody wants to build a website has to say about it. I could care less what they got to say. God said amen. And he answered it. But he was reading. I don't even know if I can, I'm still so moved by these things. Said one of the verse 36 of Luke chapter 7, one of the Pharisees desired that he would eat with them. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kiss his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, she spoke, he spoke within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. But what was the deal? The woman saw him and knew he was the answer for her need. The Pharisees apparently didn't realize he's the answer. He's the answer for our struggles. He's the answer for what is going on around us. He's the answer for all the confusion that's around us. He's the answer. The prophet of God said they left him, and the Bible says they left him in the corner with dirty feet because they didn't recognize who's among us. And as I'm speaking about him coming down, this verse is coming out. He has come down, but you gotta recognize he's here. You gotta recognize he's in our services. You gotta recognize he is among us. You gotta recognize who's moving and who's changing lives and who's touching lives. And when you recognize him, you'll worship him. 
When you recognize him, you'll bring your best. You'll give everything you got. You'll lay aside everything around you and say, I want to bring my best and lay it at the king of kings and the king lord of lords' feet and wash his feet and thank him for taking all the sin away from me and thank him for healing my mama and thank him for doing all the things he's doing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he is the same, he deserves the same praise. He deserves the same worship. He deserves the same honor. Bring your best. Brother Brown would say it. Go listen to that tape. If you can make it, I'm just going to tell you, better get you a box of tissues. Brother, Brother David Cross would call me the next day or so. He said, you know, you mentioned that. He said, I had to travel to work today an hour or so. So I felt, I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to listen to that. He said, Brother Timothy, he said, you're not believed just how closely that service and that Saturday night service matched. He said, the atmosphere, how it all took place. He said, I think the issue with people is they want to be in them services, not realizing we're having them services. Listen, we're in an interesting time right now. People are traveling once again all over the country to go to a service, traveling like mad. Just like they did 50, 60 years ago. Meetings are packed out. People are under expectation. Young people, they've seen it. They've seen God operate. They've seen him moving. They've seen him to be the same. They want to be in those services. Hallelujah. Amen. I, you know, I, I believe we're in, a, we're in a real time right now. Amen. I believe that the same, if you, when the expectation starts getting that way in the people and they begin to realize God's the same today as he was yesterday, if he opened the blinded eyes then, he's going to open it now. If he healed a crippled boy then, he's going to do it now. If he played a piano then, that he can, he can play an iPad now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the answer in every service. He is the answer in your home. He's the answer in your job. He's the answer wherever you are. Christ is the answer. But don't think when you worship him, the devil's voice ain't going to be there. Simon began to have these thoughts. (laughs) But I love this. As she began to worship him, and she began to give him praise, and she began to honor him when nobody else would honor him, when nobody else was. You know, nobody else was jumping and shouting. Nobody else was getting carried away. She didn't care. I'm here to worship him because he's my answer. He can answer all my life struggle. I can see he has the answer. She had sins. She needs forgiveness. And she knew he had to answer for those sins. And so while she's worshiping, the devil starts talking. But she didn't have to answer the devil. He answered the devil. Hallelujah. I want you to understand if you'll worship him and you'll glorify him and you'll bring your best while you're worshiping him, God will answer the devil on your behalf. 
He'll tell that devil where to go. He'll tell him to back off. He'll be as an angel. And as he stood there with a flaming sword, amen, the captain of the Lord's host. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, one owed 500 pence and another 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which, someone, which of them would love him most? Jesus answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. <laughs> Amen. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house. They gave me no water for my feet, but she's washed my feet with her tears, wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I come in has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she, has, for she loved much, but to whom little was forgiven, the same loveth little and he said unto her thy sins are forgiven hallelujah there was her answer Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him begin to say with themselves who is this that forgiveth sins also and he said to the woman thy faith has saved thee go in peace there's our answer for the situation that we're in tonight our faith has saved us we're going to walk in peace we're going to walk in peace because God's got it all in control. He's moving when I don't even see him moving. He's making a way when I can't see a way. He's doing it anyhow. Therefore, I'm going to go in peace because my faith in the same one that raised Lazarus is the same one today, and I'm going to walk in that peace. Hallelujah. What has happened, he has shown beyond a shadow of a doubt, he has come down. He has taken this moment personal. Hello, somebody. When he takes something personal, he comes down. Look at, look at Joshua at the walls of Jericho. He turned around, there was an angel standing there with a sword drawn. He took it personal. This is my people's land. This is their inheritance. Joshua, you're not going to fight this battle alone, but I'm with you. As I was with Moses, so I shall be with thee. Be of good cheer. Be of courageous. Don't be afraid. Amen. Walk into the battle because you're going to walk out victorious. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He showed I'm taking this personal. He has showed me he's taking this battle personal. Because he came behind and he said, now they want to say I'm just a prophet, but I'm more than a prophet. I'm God. He assured me he's got control of this situation. Amen. He's got control of the cancer. He got control of the brain bleed. And we have the answer. Amen. You say you have the answer? Yes, I have the answer. It's in Psalms 103. I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. We have the answer. Amen. 
Brother Branham would talk about this in the mystery of God. Christ is a mystery. I'm talking about the headship of Christ has come down, being personally identified by the original headship. We have the answer to the devil's question. We have the answer to the devil's question. He, Christ, has risen, and he's paid the price, and he's raising up the body to meet the head. Oh, hallelujah. The devil can't stand it. That's the reason all these other kingdoms are setting up, ecumenical kingdoms, the reason they're all coming into what they're doing now. The devil, that's the reason he's howling the way he is. His wickedness, his schemes has been uncovered by a risen, resurrected Christ and headship over his body. He said, you think I'm beside myself? We got the devil's answer. It's not me that liveth, but Christ. The word is living in me. It's not my idea. It's not my power. It's it's his power. It's not my word. It's his word. He promised it and here he is. He said it would be here. We got the answer. Christ has risen and has paid the price for our redemption. What God in Christ manifested, he gave that flesh, that blood, that in that blood might come to life and the flesh be redeemed and, the God, and that God, the redeemed flesh, can manifest his word for the day as he did and for this day as he did in that day. Woo, glory, he said. You see it, oh my. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, then we stand justified in the presence of God as a drop of ink dropping into a full tub of bleach. You'll never find a stain of ink no more anywhere. Did you hear that? We have the answer. Amen. That woman, thy sins are forgiven. Not just forgiven, but justified as though you never done it in the first place. When the devil comes with your past, you say, what sins are you talking about? When a man is truly redeemed, that predestinated seed sees it and accepts it, his sins are demolished. It's gone. It's dropped in the ink of the blood of Jesus Christ. It never be remembered no more. God forgets it and he stands as a son or daughter of God in the presence of God. Now we are sons of God. Not we will be. We are right now. We have Satan's answer. Did you hear me? We have Satan's answer. Because God has vindicated himself. God has proved himself to his promise in this day. The headship is here. Christ the risen Lord is here with the same power of his resurrection that he ever was manifesting himself. There's the devil's answer. He said, well, that was back 50 years ago. No, we have the same answer. He is here. He has declared himself to be here. He has declared he's the same healer. He's the same deliverer. He's the same God as he ever was. That's the reason when men, when this man's sitting here, he said drop dead the other day, we could say come back to life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit said so. That's what, why it could do that to that little baby in Mexico had been dead for 15 hours when a vision said call it back to, from death to life and let the baby live. And the baby that the doctors wrote a statement died 9 o'clock that morning and 11 o'clock that night came back to life again and is living today. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? 
So I was talking to the Lord today. I said, Father, you see my mom is having these brain bleeds, four of them now. I said, but I know a man whose brain had decayed. Dead in a grave four days. And you brought him back to life again. We hear of a baby that was dead for over 12 hours. Brought back to life again. Well, to do that, he had to heal every organ. Amen. The headship in the body has become one unit. Do we realize the day we're living in? It's not us alone. It's him and us working together. Amen. The one body, one head, one, one rulership. He said that's the reason the husband and wife is no longer twain. They're one. God and his church is one. Christ in you. God's great revelation even bearing his name. His name is Jesus, the anointed one. That's the reason he's called Jesus because he's the anointed one. That's the reason you're called Miss Jesus because you're the anointed one. Amen. Proven, manifesting God like he did, that body did back there. And that body redeemed every one of these bodies and through their God worked his threefold manifestation, going to the kingdom, risen, praising, repaid the price, we're redeemed. God has proved it and we stand justified in Christ before him and therefore we will not go through the judgment. Hallelujah. Because we've already got the answer for it. He said, oh, if I could get the world to see that. There you are. There's the body of Christ, living, standing, redeemed. Justified in his sight, we are his victory. Did you hear that? We are his victory. We come forth in this last days with this glorious gospel showing his victory. He died for this purpose. He's taking it personal. He died for this purpose, and we're proof of his victory. And when we see him coming down, living among the church, that's his victory. It shows that he couldn't keep, couldn't keep him in the grave, neither can they keep us. Hello, somebody. They couldn't keep him in the grave then, and you're not going to keep this bride in the grave now. But she's going to have life in her. She's going to be a living, breathing epistle written of man. Amen. Of a written, 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 written. My goodness. Come on, Come on with it, though. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She's going to be a walking, talking example of Christ. Amen. The answer for Laodicea. Amen. The answer for every trouble that's ever hit the per- a person. She is the answer. That's why she, as a body, can look at that devil and say, Devil, I defy you. You take your hands off of God's property. You're not taking from this life. We defy you in the name of Jesus. We are the answer. We are the voice. Brother Brown would call us the final voice to the final age. In other words, if you're the final voice, your voice means more than the devil's voice. Your voice has more power than the devil's voice has. Your voice has more power than cancer has, sugar diabetes has, sin of every kind has. Your voice is the answer. Hallelujah. You have been called to speak to the mountains and those mountains be removed and cast into the sea. 
Hallelujah. He cast that, he cast that brain bleed one time. He did it two times. He did it three times. He's going to do it again because he's the same God today as he ever was. I will restore, saith the Lord. He is the answer to the devil's question. Faith is in the body. Faith to believe all things are possible. Whoa, hallelujah. The fruit is the answer of the seed. Oh, my. Oh, hallelujah. He said, by their fruits you shall know them. So it reveals what the seed is, the fruit does. So if the fruit is critical and sour and bitter, that ain't, that ain't the seed of God. Come on now. I read my Bible, that, seed, that, that fruit is you're casting down, criticizing worship and criticizing things and calling a bunch of fanaticism and emotional. I question your seed. I question who you really are. Amen, because I can see you in the quotes. I can see you in the Bible. Brother Randall, this has blessed me so much. This little boy had been in a wheelchair, been bound in that thing, and he was pronounced healing over his body. You know how he was pronounced it? You're healed in the name of Jesus Christ. By his stripes, you're healed. As far as I know, it wasn't a vision. Maybe, maybe it was. I didn't get, catch that, but he, said, he told him, he said, by his stripes, you're healed. He took that, and he began to confess it. He began to speak it everywhere he went, rolling around in his wheelchair. He'd go up to any service, I'm healed. Why are you healed? Because by his stripes, I'm healed. Yeah. It was the answer to his question. And he wasn't going to let that answer go. Until a bunch of ministers got around him and said, you know what? You're causing a real show here. You're bringing a, a disgrace on the name of, of, uh, name of Christ. A reproach. He looked at them ministers. He said, how can I be doing that? He said, let me ask you this. If you were sitting where I'm sitting, would you take the last hope I got? By his stripes, I'm healed. And at that moment, his body matched his confession. The answer came down into his body. And out of that wheelchair, he went, running around, praising God. Oh, come on now. All you got to do is say, God, you said it. I believe it. You said it. I'm going to stand on it. I'm not backing up. I'm not turning around. I'm going to stand on the answer. Why stand on doubt? Why stand on criticism? Why stand on fear and unbelief? Stand on the answer. Stand on the one who paid the price, who gave you the victory. Hallelujah. It's the same fruit. It's the same word. It's the same life. It's the same God. It's the same spirit. It's the same book. It's the same signs. These things that I do, shall you do also. I got an answer to barren women. He said, I'll make you a joyful mother, a keeper at your house, and be a joyful mother of children. That devil wants to come and howl in our ears and say it ain't so. He's a lie. I ain't standing on his. I'm 
not going to step off a promise and step on his life. I'm going to stay on a promise. He said it was her night. It was her night. He said it was thus saith the Lord. It's thus saith the Lord. I'm not moving off of it. Oh, hallelujah. He said to Ezekiel when he was standing in the valley of dry bones, he said, will these bones live again? He said, thou knowest. He said, won't you prophesy? He began to prophesy. He said, hear ye dry bones, the word of the Lord, the sinew and skin begin to come, bone upon bone. As they heard the prophecy, begin to go forth, and they begin, their body begin, even though it's dry and broken apart, there seemed to be no hope. But the prophecy, the answer was greater than the dry bones. He said at the end, the breath of God breathed in them, and they stood as a mighty army marching towards Zion. That's him, the victory. Hey, let me show you something. You got a Goliath? I got an answer for him. <laughs> Amen. David had him facing that Goliath that morning. He had an answer. His answer wasn't who he was. I'm some great big guy. I'm this, that, and other. I've been trained. No, it was who his God was. His God is. He said, I don't come to you in that name. I come to you in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. And on this day, I'm going to take your head off. The answer had been laying in the valley. All it needed was somebody to walk down into the valley and pick up an answer. That looks like I had an answer there right there. I shall restore, saith the Lord. What the palmer worm and canker worm and every kind of other worm, devil worms, has stripped away. I shall restore, saith the Lord. Listen, I believe, I'm just going to give it to you. In my heart, as I come home yesterday, these words kept ringing in my ear. A series of victories this will be. A series of victories this will be. A series of victories. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got four more in there if there's any more devils. Hey, Amen. That's what David was looking at. He was looking at a series of victory. He wasn't wanting just this victory. He's wanting every victory God had for him. Oh, hallelujah. There's going to be a lot of victories. We're about to see it happen. We're about to see God move in the realms that we ain't never seen before. Why you say that? Because I see people's expectation getting to the place God can move like that. God can answer like that. God can turn and change a scene just in a moment. I believe we're getting to the moment. Amen. Babies will jump out of arms and run across the platform, run across the aisle. I believe we're getting to a moment. 
that life is coming into the body. I believe we're right here that the brains are being to be restored. Amen. Things are being, cancer's running out of the building. He's the same God. I'm going to stand on the answer. Hallelujah. I know what he said, and he's going to do what he said. I have come down. Oh, let's give God praise for a moment. He's our God. Oh, if he's forgiven you of your sins, you ought to be to praise him. If he's healed you already, you ought to be to praise him. If you haven't received your healing yet, go ahead and praise him because he's got the answer for it. We cast down his lies and we lift up the answer. Say, yes, Lord, you are God. You are the God. Yes, Lord, you are the God. I've seen the answer by fire. I've seen you moving the sea. You change it all. Y'all can remain standing. I'm bringing this down. He said, can you plant a seed without it manifesting what it is? No, not if it's growing. He said, can you plant a grain of corn without making corn? Not if it's growing. Can you plant a potato? Let's say raise a potato. Can you plant a flower without it being the, that kind of flower? The fruit is the answer of the seed. Then if you're sowed and the seed of God in your heart has got to produce that. Jesus said, he shall do my works if he believes me. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Even more than this, for I go to my father. He said, wow, that's strong. If they can just don't hit the skidding place and slide off. Don't slide off of it. Slide on to it. <laughs> they just fall down the valley so the winds can blow it away and the fowls can get it. Don't let that happen. Let it grow. Jesus said, your name is in the palm of my hands. How is it going to be forgotten? How can you ever be forgotten? He said, then if Jesus defeated Satan upon the faith, knowing who he was, he was a predestinated creature. Are you ready? What about the predestinated bride of Jesus Christ? You believe the bride is predestinated? The predestinated bride of Christ right now, the church, the word seed with everything that God has promised to put in the church, it's in it right now. It's in it right now. Everything's in order. The Holy Spirit has been given. The seed has been sown. The evening lights are shining. The sign of Sodom is here. Jesus promised it would be here, and here it is. Malachi 4, a predestinated church. Oh, devil. Church of the living God. And here on tape two, do you know where you stand? Do you know that you're called of God and the Holy Spirit reigns in your heart and every word of God is real to you? How is Satan going to stand against that? How is he going to stop it from growing? How is he going to keep them signs from following it? He can raise every critic he wants to up. It'll not stop it. 
Why you could throw them in jail? If they did, if you could, they didn't care what, I don't care what you do. They done tried it. They rotten the jails. They were fed to lines. They were sawed asunder. They were jerked to pieces. You can't kill it. A church that's predestinated. Those who for he foreknew, like he did Jesus, he is called. Those he is called, he is justified. And those he is justified, he's also glorified. And now in the last days, with every seed sown, everything in the order, the world is in his order. And the time is shaping up. The church is in its order. The seed, the evening lights, the sun, like he said, signs like he said, as it was in the days of Sodom. An angel of God, the Holy Spirit, has come down, moving, performing the signs that he did then. Malachi 4 promised he would send it. In the last days, what he promised. And we see all of that right here. Where? Here. Oh, amen, 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 amen. Do you love him? Sure, right here in the last days, a predestinated church, knowing where they're standing, sowed with the seed of God, the Holy Spirit in the church. Satan, be careful. Oh, hallelujah. Satan, be careful. I ain't running. I'm standing. I'm not backing up. I'm going forward. Amen. I met the captain of the Lord's host. Yes. Jesus is his name. Yes. And he come down with a sword drawn. He said, they're trying to make me just a prophet. But I came be, to be manifested in this day to show my extreme deity. God who does extreme things. My extreme deity, especially in a day like we're living in. They want to make him just a prophet. But I tell you, he's more than a prophet. He's God. Then God, God is God. There ain't a devil in hell that can stand in front of that. Brain bleeds won't stand in front of that. Cancer won't stand in front of that. Barrenness won't stand in front of that. Every spirit in hell won't stand against that. Name whatever kind of name the devil you want to name. It ain't standing. We're taking our preeminence. We're taking our authority. We're taking our moment. This is our moment. Oh, my God. We're standing on the answer. We have the answer. Praise the Lord. Won't you just reach over and grab one another? Lay your hands on each other. You've heard the answer. You've got the answer. Now release it in Jesus' name. Bring your best. Bring your breast. Pour your heart to him right now. Father, we're standing right here on the fulfillment of prophecy. You are the answer for this need. You're the answer for this situation. Lord, we know you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we're not trying to reach out and grab something. We got something. We're not trying to believe. We are believing. Oh, God, we know you are the same today. 
Lord, the same God that moved on a piano, moved on an iPad, the same God that, uh, that'll take a little lame boy and he'd jump out and begin to walk is the same God as lifting my mother up even now and rebuking that sickness and pushing it back and driving it back. I will restore, saith the Lord. It's the same God as it did just a few years ago, healed a little woman in this building of cancer. You're the same God that's driving it out of Ron Spencer's life. We have the answer. The last buzzards, guts are being ripped apart. Devils are fleeing. They're screaming because there's a bride upon this earth that's standing upon her position and her promise and daring any devil to come take it from her. We're going to stand there with our swords drawn. As Brother Josh Bennett said, it's time to draw the swords and throw the sheath away. We're going to fight with everything we got to fight with. And we're, Lord God, I'm so thankful. We're not fighting alone, but you're here with us. You've declared yourself to be here among us. You are the fourth man that has stepped into the fire. Oh, God, I believe that we're coming out without even a smell of smoke upon us because you are the same one today as you was then. You shut the mouths of lions. You're going to shut every spirit up, every devil up as they watch us walking in victory. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. Oh, church of the living God, wash his feet. Maybe for a while you've been leaving him in the corner and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've left you there. I want to make you welcome into my life. I want to wash you, Lord. I want to give you my best. Oh, Jesus. We have the answer. Jesus is the answer. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You're my comfort. Oh, praise the name of the Lord.
How many believe for it? Our sister just came up here to testify. Since she was born with bad lungs, had asthma all her life. But last Wednesday, God restored her. Yeah. Whose report do you believe? Whose report do you believe? He said it. I'm going to believe it. He said it. I'm going to rest upon it. He said it. I'm going to stand on it. I'm not backing up. I'm going to stand until it's done. Because it's already done.
here right now. Let your presence Amen. Amen. Not just the physical place, but each one of our lives is
because of who you are, I give you glory. And because of who 